Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Welcome to the Tempex Arcade Podcast. It is the 9th of December, and this is episode 76, and my name is Victor Marland. And I've just got back from the salon, because I'm worth it. You are worth it, Victor. And I'm Sean Holly, Mrs. Sean Holly. Did you know, Vic? Did you? Uh, Did you? There are some pretty impressive celebrities that listen to us now. We've had we've asked them for what what we call bumpers. Yeah, audio audio submissions. I was quite impressed with the kind of people we got. Yeah. So the first one, we'll play this through, we'll play a few throughout the show, but the first one, one of the most famous people, is uh, an actor from the Wolf of Wall Street. Hello, I'm Leonardo DiCaprison, and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. I can hardly recommend it. I'm listening to it all the time. Time when I'm not making movies and films like the gangs of New York, where I'll be doing some fighting. Thank you. I didn't know you come from Ireland. <laughs> Would you believe that? Would you that... believe it? Would you believe it? Oh, that's on. brilliant, that guy. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? So that's mm. pretty good. Mm. So let's get on with what we've been up to, young man. What have you been up to recently? I have been up to things that have happened. Stuff has happened. Oh, yes. The Batcave Christmas special last weekend. Very good evening. A bit early for Christmas specials, isn't it? Yeah, it's the first Saturday of every month. Yeah, so so we had a 10-player Saturn Bomberman Ooh. at the Batcave. Very good. Bombs galore. I, I was entered in the first round, and guess what I got to? First round? First round. Well I just done. blow myself up all the time. Wipeout 2097 on a screen as big as your mother. It's massive screen. My mum's massive. Is she? Huge. <laughs> she's about, she's about uh, 66 inches. Six, wow. Probably. Crimson Clover on Steam. Oh, Crimson, I had Crimson Clover on Type X2 hardware. Great little it was one of the ones. It was one of the ones that was hacked onto there, I think. Is it a PC game normally? Yes, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I showed you it, actually, when you came around. I haven't got that hardware anymore. I sold it on, but, yeah, it was quite good. Good little game. Extremely difficult uh, quite early on, actually, about level level two boss. It gets bullet hell personified. Yes. You know that Lewis, that Lewis, Lewis? That's what I call him, a Lewis. He, that man, he's mm. got a lot to answer for. He's trying to spend my money. He's doing a Brenton Whitney on me. But that Pi 2 Jammer thing. He's got the Pi 2 Jammer, and it looks very impressive. I'm so close to hitting the button on buying one of those damn things. Mm. I said to him, what's, what's the uh, the vertical scrolling like on it? Because you know you, on MAME you get a bit of tearing sometimes when you play a game. Yeah. And even even on, I think I'll, even on my set with Groovy MAME I've got it, but my Groovy MAME isn't brilliant. I've, I've got to get it better than that. But he showed me some videos of it, and it's like, buy one, buy one, buy one. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I might actually buy one very soon. They do look quite impressive. 
I might have to wow. get hold of Lewis uh, on on a Skype call and have a chat to him about because there's a few things I want to know about you know the front end and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, it looks really impressive. I'm quite yeah, do like it. Mark Singleton's got one as well. Oh, has he, Mister Singy? Mm, world record holder on Gauntlet. Yes, aiming for Gauntlet too. Well, he's done very well on the Pyta Jammer version of Gauntlet Two. Oh right, okay. He sent sent me a screenshot, but obviously it's Pyta Jammer, so it's not world record. No, no, legal. But it's just good for practice, though, isn't it? Yeah, he's getting there. He's nice getting one. there. Yeah, so that Lewis, he's trying to spend my money. Hmm, I might buy myself uh, it for Christmas. I'm tempted, you know. It's really good, isn't it? Mm, yeah, pretty nifty. You just mm. go straight in the Jammer connector. That's it. You put your Pi. I've already got Pies. I've got like uh, a Pi. I've got two Pi Zeros. I've got a Pi 2, a Pi 1, a Pi 3. I've got lots of Pies. Pies everywhere. Pies coming out of my ears, even. There's a Chinese one called Orange Pie. Have you seen that? I, actually, that sounds like you're taking a Mickey, but I have actually seen it. Yeah, I think it's more expensive, but it's a lot more impressive. But I think it takes yeah. quite a bit more know-how to set it up. And I don't yeah. know much about Linux at all, so I'm not too sure about that. I think I'll just stick Ooh. to the pies Ooh, for now. Raspberry Ooh. pies for now. So, I'll tell you something that bad that happened to me. Really bad. No, I don't say something good first. I, I showed you the, the picture, actually. I was at work the other yeah. day, last Wednesday. Yeah. A flipping big truck from up the road reversed into my car door. Oh, yeah. My car that's less than a year old, brand new Golf. I yeah. was none too pleased. Mm. Fact is, it's not going to cost me anything. It's all their insurance. They admitted liability straight away. It's obvious they couldn't really get out with it. It's a dirty, great truck inside of your car. But the amount of hassle I've had trying to get it sorted. I mean, the people who were supposed to pick the car up didn't bother coming until half past ten at night. So I had to wait with the car at work with it because mm. it had a broken window. So someone could have just nicked it, basically, if they knew what they were doing. So I was miffed about that. And I got this rubbishy old bog-standard manual polo. And I normally drive a, an auto because I'm lazy. And it's gutless. It's like it's like an asthmatic mouse in the engine. <laughs> so it's like, Meh. at least I've got a car, I suppose. But it's getting fixed. I think the new doors come in Monday, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully it'll be all okay in the end. But what a bummer, eh? It wasn't even my fault. I wasn't even near it, for goodness sake. Oh, dear. Door! Anyway, at least you weren't asleep in the back. Which I normally am at lunchtime. This is sort of mm. early on in the day. But if I'd been, it would have scared the bejeebus out of me. Mm. Yeah, we would have got covered in glass. There was glass everywhere, and that's why I couldn't drive it. You know, around the corner to sort of lock it away or whatever. I couldn't drive it. It was just glass everywhere. Mm. Right, flipping mess it was. Ooh. So yeah, that is bad news, but good news. Yes. Good news first, because you picked this such a rubbish game this week. We'll get that over with quite quickly. <laughs> I have taken the opportunity, like we normally do. I've been playing other games rather mm. than this game because it's crap. And I've been playing Dig Dug again, because Mr. Tronads, when me and Mr. Tronads were up at Arcade Club the other week, and we were playing against each other, and he sort of spurs me on a little bit, and I got a good score there, I think I got over 300,000 on it, and it was set a bit easier up there, I thought I'd play my one a bit more and see if I can get, you know, beat my record. It's been up on my machine for about two years now, and I beat my personal best, which was 373,730. I actually got 377,440. But stop press. Stop it. Stop it. Soon afterwards, 506,660. That's very good. half a million on Dig Dug. I am so pleased with myself. I actually give myself a big fist bump. Yes! When I got over 400,000. Then I carried on, remarkably, to 506,000. And then we said, 
Well, in fact, you said on Twitter that we should cover it as a featured game again, and I said, no, it's not that good. And then we had kind of a troll wars, and Mr. Trollnads spurring us on. Yeah. And I was saying Battle Backray is far better than Dig Dug, and they would kill each other and everything. And you ended up telling me, and I've written this down, that you would evidence. beat me to death with a sock full of leaf switch buttons. Yeah, they'd be pointy. They'd go right in your, in your <laughs> temples, in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed. Button in my eye. I'm sticking up for Battle Backgrade, though. I do like it better than Dig Dug. Well, you're mad. <laughs> no, you're mad, sir. Fact. And I've also been playing the daft bootleg version of Scramble called Strafe Bomber. I have. I like it. I like it. This is a bit of an addendum and errata, like the, the Pie Factory guys do. We Can we do totally... their music? No, we can't. Nick, we've already nicked their sample. We can't do I must point out, I'm drinking nice aged rum and uh, Pepsi cherry. Very so nice. I might be a little bit sillier than normal tonight. <laughs> anyway, funny. let me have a sip of that. Yes, we missed a few things out on Scramble. I sort of said after we published the podcast two weeks ago, I said we missed some stuff. And we've missed this. There's some odd versions of Scramble. If you look on MAME and you uncover the clones, there's there's loads of different bootlegs. Mm. Some of them are just French language versions, Spanish language versions. I think there's an Italian version. But there's a couple on there that have got slightly different graphics. There's one called yes. Scramble R with an R on the end. I think that's the, the actual directory and zip name of it. But there's one called Strafe Bomber, which was particularly fun. And it's mm. a totally different layout and totally different graphics. They've changed the graphics. The layouts are different. I think the maze bit is the same, isn't it? Yeah, that's the same, yeah. But all the other bits, because when you first start off, rather than just a simple sort of ground targets and ground terrain, there's there's sort of roof terrain as well, if you know what I mean? Mm. And yeah. the Space Invaders are different shapes, and it's just really odd. And mm. it's quite fun. And your, your actual spaceship looks like a little submarine, and it's smaller than the actual rocket ship that you normally mm. play. So when I played it, the other day, I looped it just quickly to go looping it. I put it on my, my machine because I didn't have the ROM on there. And I put it on there and I looped it. And it's a lot easier to loop the lot. I know the last bit we've got so down pat now. I never get killed there anymore. But mm. it's even easier with that little tiny ship. You can just whip it in and out real quick. So if people aren't too good at scramble and maybe fancy a slightly easier version, have a look at Strafe Bomber. Cool little game. I quite liked it. There is certain things in it. There's in the city level. It's more highs and lows. You get big, big skyscrapers and little tiny ones. Rather like so, Super Cobra. There's some really tall columns in Super Cobra when you least expect them. So the the little fuel bits or oil, as they call it, it's quite yeah, hard to get. You run on oil, which you could get yeah. in post offices in 1976. Oil. I love oil. Oil burners. Mm. And the very end bit of the level. On our version that we were playing, there's a little Konami sign, isn't there? You fly over the sign. Yes. Go down. Bomb the bad guy. Yeah. Well, there's no sign on this, but the the graphic must be still there. The collision detection must be still there because you crash Oops. into an invisible barrier. If Where did that high... Konami invisible sign come from? <laughs> if you're not high enough over the skyscraper thing. Oh. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was quite fun. Not as good as Scramble. Not as, well, not it's as... not the original, isn't it? But it's just a fun little... I might... Yeah. I wonder if I can get my ROM burner working, which was playing up a lot. I'll have to burn some ROMs for it and put it on one of my boards. Because I've got two scramble boards. Just mm. put it on a board for fun. Yeah. Uh, what what else? else we miss on there? Oh, and on that version, um, it's a company called Omni, who obviously stole the game. I don't know who they are. 
And there's at the very start, you know, it says, you know, how far can you invade our scramble system? Well, this yeah. one says, do you take the duty to ruin headquarter? Well, that's a lot better, isn't it? Look at look at the state of these headquarters. They've been ruined. <laughs> and also, there's a Japanese version of Scramble. We put on, I put on the the flyers for the Japanese version, some other versions on the website. And when yeah. you take a closer look at the Japanese version, it's got a screenshot on there, and it's by a company called Lijack. And it looks very different on the flyer. The levels look different. They look more like strafe bombing. They've got sort of terrain at the top, but mm. also. The amount of ships you've destroyed gets printed across the top of the screen, so it's like a big long list of little graphics, like you know um, the fuel fuel tanks and the mystery ones and the rockets, and it sort of prints them mm. across the top. And I cannot find the ROM for this anywhere in Maine. So either right. it's been undumped, hasn't been dumped yet, or it was just a, a graphical representation of the game, and it was actually just you know just a drawing of it. But it looks like a proper screenshot, doesn't it? I haven't seen that. Have you not? No. We'll wait. I'm going to pretend that I've seen that. Oh, yeah. Well, believe me, it does. So, yeah, if anyone can find, or if we've got any Japanese listeners, it'd be excellent if you could find out or even dump the ROM, if you could, or see if that's actually the case, where it puts little pictures of what you've destroyed at the top of the screen as you destroy them. Because I've not seen a version of that. Because none, none of the clones that we've played, and I've played all of them on main, have that. So it's really uh, odd. I'm not sure what's going on with that. There is some websites, Mame Undumped or something, isn't there? Yes, there is. It know. might be on that, actually. Mm. But I'm not sure if it does if it does certain versions of games or just undumped, complete original games. Because obviously, some of the later games got different territories. You've got the American version, the world version maybe the Korean version, Japanese, Chinese, all that sort of stuff on the later games. Mm. But because it's just Scramble, I'm not sure if they did it or not. But it's interesting. Also, mm. the Taiwanese license machine of Scramble by a company called Arctic is awesome. Did you look at that? No. Oh, you should look at the website, mate, as everyone else should. Mm. The actual machine is like a colourful cabinet, and it looks just like a, the shape of a, a Galaxian or a Pac-Man with a rounded top to it. Ah. It's a really beautiful machine. I've never seen one in real life. Obviously, it's a Taiwanese license. But I'd love to see one or play one. It's really nice. Even nicer, I think, than the original Stern version, the yellow one. Have we got a website? Yes. Oh. You have edited it once or twice. And what would the address of that website be, www.10pencearcade.co.uk Oh, you see, I'll fit that in there. That was nearly, right. that was nearly professional. It was clever, that, wasn't it? Nearly. So, yeah, so anyone can... I was wondering if the Arctic ROM version's different on main, but I, there's no, there's not one on main. Mm. So I'm not sure about that either, so it's interesting. Do you know with the Arctic one, you can do a roll? Arctic roll? Yeah. You better explain to our overseas listeners what an Arctic roll is. An Arctic roll is the king of desserts. The king of 70s cakes. <laughs> it's not a biscuit, it's a cake. It's an ice cream in a roll. So in, you've also yes, been listening sorry. to yes. a podcast I recommended for you, and everyone else should listen to this. If they, if they think we're daft, these guys are even dafter. Athletic or Mince, which is Bob Mortimer and some other guy. I've forgotten, sorry, some other guy. But he's funny as well, and it's really clever funny. If you're into the Vic Reeves, Bob Mortimer humour, check this out. It's very good. It's Andy Dawson. Basically, he is the guy who runs the Twitter account 
get in the sea, which is very funny. Oh, it's him, is it? Yes, it's him. Oh. He's a Geordie. He's from, not, yeah. He's from Sunderland. I don't know if they call Geordies in Sunderland as well. <laughs> I, be- I better not offend them. They'll come and be lovely to me. <laughs> Guess the, what it's else? The nicest, it's the nicest accent in the UK. That is a fact. That's why a lot of call centres get you put through to Geordies. Yeah, because you can't just... just you can't be them. angry at a Geordie. No. Why, I? How are you doing? <laughs> How can you be angry at that? I, mm. I, I'm, complaining. I'm trying to complain about something. Oh, I'm very sorry about that. Can we help? Oh, hello. <laughs> yes. So that's pretty good. I'll put you onto that one. Oh, another new podcast. Sort of talking a podcast. Yes. Is a new podcast by Kevin Savitz and Carrington Vanstone. Two excellent mm. podcasters already. I actually know Kevin. He's a lovely bloke. Mm. It's called Eaten by a Guru, and it's about text adventures. Did you used to play text adventures when you were a kid? I kind of liked them. Yeah, I was, I was rubbish at them, but I liked the atmosphere of them, you know. Exactly it was the same just, as me. Just text and the black screen staring at you. I went and... slightly one above that, and I, I started. Get, I used to play the Adventure International game, which was just text. And as mm. computers got a little bit better a few years later, a company called Level 9 did some, and they had graphics yes. as well. I played like mm-hmm. Red Moon and uh, oh, what was the other ones? Pro- Color of Magic. That was a good little game. Mm. And I used to really enjoy those text adventures. They're quite good. You get quite enveloped in, in the story. It's all like, they think they call it interactive fiction nowadays, don't they? Yeah. But these guys uh, doing Eaten by a Gru, they're basically focusing on Infocom games, which I've never played. Because Infocom games, I remember, were always on disc because they're quite big games. And Zork. I never had. Yeah. yeah, Zork is the first one they did. And I never had a disk drive for any of my old computers. We only used tapes in the UK, and I didn't even know anyone who had disk drive back then. The I, used to, I used to play, there was a, a series called Heroes of Khan on the Commodore 64, oh! which is a graphic, there was, there was three Khan games, yeah. and it was high-res graphics you used to draw in the background as the text come up, but it was so slow yeah. at drawing the graphics, you could see it filling in, the sh- <laughs> and if you know, go east and go west, oh no, I've been there, and you go str- you go back and it starts drawing the graphics again, no, oh, no. Oh. Yeah. But they did, the first game they did was Zork, and Zork is quite a hard game. So mm. I was going to play along with them, but they said, oh, Zork is a really difficult game. You should use that, That'd be a sort of good 10th game to play, but not the first game. But the next mm. one they're doing for next month is Ballyhoo, which is a sort of carnival-themed game, adventure. Bally, Ballyhoo? Ballyhoom. Bally what? And that's an Infocom game as well. So I'm, I'm, I listen to the podcast. It is very, very good indeed. I, I, I do mean to go on to all the podcasts I listen to and write reviews for them, because I've been so lazy about doing it, and I probably will do that soon. But they're mm. going to get a thumbs up from me. Excellent podcast. Really enjoy it. I might it. check that out. The only thing is, I was going to play some of these games because I've got them. I've got these disc emulators for my Commodore 64 and Atari and all that sort of stuff. And you can get the ROMs nowadays. It's pretty easy to get them. And you can play along with them. I think you can even buy Infocom games on iOS and Android so you can have them on your phone. Mm-hmm. So I might play along with Ballyhoo, but those kind of games need brainses. And I, I don't have as many brainses as those guys. <laughs> you don't, there's not enough shooting in face for me. I don't know if I'd there have There is the... no shooting in face. You might get a sword out and clobber a, a Gru with a sword, maybe. If there's like a walkthrough I could follow, I, I, I might enjoy reading the descriptions of the locations and stuff, you know. I, I sort of got onto the guys who do the podcast on Twitter saying, about, oh, this is interesting, you know, it's excellent, I enjoy that sort of stuff. And they said, best thing to do, if you want to sort of follow us along, is get a map off the internet 
and get a walkthrough when you get you stuck. Because that's the most enjoyable way of playing. Rather than just sitting there for hours trying to work out how to get the key off the golem or whatever, is mm. just get some little hints. Every now and again, just give yourself a hint. And I, I, like, yeah. I actually enjoy playing. I know it's cheating, but some of the ga- some of those games have got really, really fiendish, cryptic, impossible almost oh, no. puzzles. So yeah. sometimes it can help you. Because I remember playing Monkey Island years ago, which is a point-and-click adventure. And there's one bit I remember where you had to get a map that was tattooed on this guy's back. And you couldn't, <laughs> yeah. you couldn't hurt the guy to get it off. So I actually found, I actually read on the internet, this is early internet days, I went on there and found a, a sort of cheat guide or help guide. And it said what you had to do, you had to, you had to go into a, a, a cook's galley, you had to get the peanut oil, pour it on this guy who was sunbathing, and his skin comes off. And that's where oh the map is. Word. How would you ever know that? It's ridiculous, a, isn't it? I had a similar sort of thing. I was playing this one on a spaceship. I can't remember what it was called. You were on a and spaceship playing it, or you played it on a spaceship? I'm not quite sure now. A long time ago. And you w- went into this room. There was this blank silver door and a lever. Yeah. That's all there was in the room. And I couldn't get through it. I didn't know what to do. Pull the lever? Well, yeah, you say that now. but I say that now. I couldn't work it out. I would have said back then. Would you? Yeah. See, some of these fiendish clues are fiendish. I can imagine you, Scratch Your Head, going, just typing in stuff like, punch wall with head, use fish on lock. It's not working, Mum! Stand, do breakdance. Yeah. Scream at door. No, it's not working. Hint, why don't you try the lever? No, I don't know what to do. What do I do? Lick lever. Lick lever. Anyway, eaten by a groove. It's on the Monster mm. Feet podcast, which is Carrington's own label. Absolutely brilliant. And I really like the little picture, the little avatar. It's like a little mm. sort of venture guy and a groove behind him. It's really nice art style. I really like that. Like it. Like it a lot. Guess what? Oh, we've got another we... podcast bumper from... from... A famous and distinguished actor. Come closer and see. It's a me, Forrest Whitaker, and I'm the last king of Scotland in it. The Tenepence Arcade Podcast, those guys are be bloody crazy and magnifico. You, you listen. Thank you. Well, wow. well, well. <laughs> I am so impressed. Where did you get him from? <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, cool. <laughs> right yes. then, and that heralds some arcade news. Arcade news. This is a bit of older arcade news that I forgot to put in last time. It's a three-minute walk-round of PAX Australia Melbourne. Okay. So it's always good to see what's happening all over the world. And this is our friend Darren Domination. I think he's that's his surname now. From Retro Domination. Retro Domination. So he's just had a quick walk. It's a massive event, but he's had a walk around the retro event, and he's telling us what's happening now. Okay, this is Daz from Retro Domination and coming to you from PAX Australia 2016. I'm reporting for the Tempens Arcade Podcast. Well, it's the first day at PAX and it's already chock-a-block. There's so much people here and it's quite overwhelming really, but it's pretty cool. Everyone enjoying their uh, enjoying all the gaming. But um, I'll go through what we have here so far. We have the PS1 playing... Uh, what's it called? Wipeout. Uh, we have the PS2 playing Monkey Ball. We have a Master System here with good old Alex Kid, N64 with Mario Kart. 
and the C64 playing Cannibal, which is that really cool uh, phone game that was redone, you could say downgraded or upgraded on the C64, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, standout consoles, funny enough. Uh, the MSX has gotten a really good run, which is really cool. And, uh, yeah, Bosconian is actually on there at the moment, a really good port, I must say. I really enjoy that. Uh, we've got an Outrun 2, the System Link. Yeah, people are going crazy over that. They love that. But, um, all right, let's go over here. Sorry, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, of course, we have the arcades. Not many here this year, but uh, enough to keep people busy. But we have our Super Chase, which is, a, I think it's the third part of Chase HQ. And uh, it's quite popular, actually. It's not a not, not bad game. It's, I don't think it's uh, Chase HQ quality, but it's, it's pretty good. Uh, point Blank, as usual, very popular with the, with the peeps. Uh, Vendetta, which is a sequel to Crime Fighters. I do prefer uh, the original Crime Fighters, but this is a really cool four-play game. I'm not sure if Vic will be a fan, because it's very lo- much like Turtles. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, obviously. Uh, we have the beautiful Neo Geo cab with uh, a six slot, actually. It has uh, Puzzle Bubble, Neo Turf Masters, Spin Master, Metal Slug, Metal Slug 2, I think it is, and Top Hunter. Yep. We have the classic uh, Donkey Kong cab over here. You know, there's an actual uh, Donkey Kong comp going over the whole weekend through three days. So whoever wins that over the weekend gets a nice medal, so that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, we've got a little low boy with Raiden on there and another low boy with Double Dragon. So, and they're getting pelted. People are loving those. But uh, okay, now we've got the pins. I hope you guys are enjoying this actually. This is pretty cool. I mean, I wish I owned a pin myself, but unfortunately I don't. But uh, yeah, we've got With Lethal Weapon 3, Roadshow, Revenge from Mars, Family Guy, Indiana Jones, we've got Ghostbusters, which is people are going people are going crazy over that. Also Star Trek, the newer one by Stern. Also have over here we have Judge Dredd. Uh, we have Jackbot, uh, Monopoly is out of commission unfortunately, and the best out of the lot is Theatre of Magic, my personal favourite. So yeah, well that's pretty much it for now. Anyway guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed that, but yeah, there's not much else at the moment. It's only Friday, so, so everyone take care and uh, thanks to 10 Pence Arcade guys. See you, bye. The only thing I don't like about listening to walk rounds and, and talk some other people in other countries is I really wish I could go to it. Mm. They sound excellent. There's so many in, in America and Australia and there's a lot of things going on in Europe and stuff. I'm just a bit, little bit jealous. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, at least we get a flavour of it. We do. It's interesting yeah. as well. Thank you for that, Darren. Mm. Also, as we were talking about this, we started talking about biscuits. UK versus Australia biscuits and it got more and more heated do they barbecue not, their biscuits? Not not that kind of heated. Oh, okay. Mm. He was on about Tim Tams. So Tim Googled Tams? Tim, Tim Tams are actual penguins. Our penguins. <gasps> They've got a different name. Yeah. Well. well how can you pick up a penguin? you got a Tim Tam to Dum Tim Tam. It doesn't work quite as well, does it? Tickle a Tim Tam. Tickle. With your tongue. Now you got it. Yeah. They're going to copy that off me now. Probably. Yeah, so they are very, very similar to penguins. Okay. And also, he was on about custard creams that he didn't have any, but he's found <gasps> custard creams. Mm. 
then he pointed me to this is biscuit podcast sorry kids then he pointed to me to kingston's which are what i would call them coconut creams Mm, i like a coconut cream Mm. do you know you just before you go on any further you you just went on about custard creams Mm. do you know i did the other day and took a picture and sent to wife when she was at university you squashed a custard cream i bet no 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 no. i had a custard sandwich Custard sandwich. We got some. We got some vanilla custard in in the fridge, and I, yeah. I got a bit of bread, put some custard on it, folded it over. Nom nom <laughs> nom. It was really nice. Was it? Yeah. Oh no! Victor's drinking pints of custard again. I quite like cold custard, you know. Oh yes. Yeah. You, you do know it's an actual life hack and a fact. You cannot trust people who don't like custard. I believe that. You heard it here first, kids. Yeah, kids. Anyway, tell me, tell me more arcade. about Tim Tams and, and stuff. On to arcade games. Oh, no, hang on. Biscuits. Biscuits there's first. An, arcade games. There's another, another one that he said was called Anzac, which is a hard tack biscuit popular in Australia and New Zealand. Anzac. Isn't, that, a, isn't that some sort of medication? Medication in America, Anzacs. No, it's it's used. You might like this. It's made used using rolled oats, flour, sugar, butter, golden syrup. And etc. But it's a bit like a hobnob. <gasps> Sounds Do nice. Reckon? I don't like the sound of it, but that hobnob's nice. And also went on to a couple of others. One called a Monte Carlo. Ooh, fancy. Which which looks a bit like our ginger snap ginger thing. Oh no, does. you can stick them. No, <laughs> don't like ginger. So what we're going to do, me and Darren Dom. We're going to email, not email. We're going to email some biscuits. We're going to post each other some biscuits next year when when the Christmas rush postal rush thing has gone away. Question. It, it normally does go away after Christmas. Question. Mm. Yeah. Why am I not involved with with free biscuits? Well, you can have some free biscuits. Mm. Did you have them lemon ones I gave you? Yeah. Gone. I wasn't so keen on them. <gasps> wow. Wife and son loved them. I wasn't so keen. Because you, sir, have no taste. That's why you like rubbish custard creams. No taste buds, you mm, mean. Yes. <gasps> and terrible biscuit news. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was on the BBC website as well as in newspapers. Dunking disorderly as biscuit sales sink. <gasps> not, on our, not on our watch. Britons appear to be falling out of love with the everyday biscuit. No, Sales not. of all types, from di- digestives to custard creams, are down by one million packets a week. No. Because I'm like that. No. Don't believe it. I'm not having it. No. Thank Carry you on. The, thank you to Next. a couple of guys, including the Maximum Power Up guys that sent us that beautiful. They're just trying to bring us down, those guys. Yeah. The minimum power downs. Shakes fist. Can't, can't bring me down. I love biscuits, and they'll always be a part of my heart. <laughs> a, little, a little jammy dodger heart that's what you're talking about oh yeah that'd be good wouldn't it right let's get back to some arcade stuff we might as well okay. SNK's Windjammers remember that game on the Neo Geo yeah set to return on Playstation 4 and Vita it's quite a fun game you know it's like sort of a volleyball type of thing but sort of new and spacey and excellent and groovy Discs of Tron horizontal yeah just... better than Discs of Tron I like Discs of Tron it's sort of like a really cool little game and they're they're doing it which is quite cool. Oh, just Very a minute. Nice. I've, just a minute. I've got some jammed wind. <laughs> there you go. That's out of the way. <laughs> Thank God. Guess what? 
Arcade Sorry. Heroes website is 10 years old. The one that covers all the good, good stuff. And there's a little sort of recap video of t- highlights of their 10 years. Well worth a watch. Excellent. From 2006 to 2000 and... Hang on. 16. That's yeah. 10. Mm. So well, well done there. Adam Pratt, what a guy. Mm. Did you know... I only found this out the other day. that the You know the Atari cone buttons you see on nearly all old Atari games? Yeah. The start buttons. Yes. The 60-degree buttons aren't actually 60 degrees. They are 66 degrees. I measured one the other day. I measured it because I can make some repros out of it. Someone sent me some 60-degree ones just to measure because I had some 45s. I bet you the 45s aren't quite right either. It doesn't matter, Vic. It doesn't matter. You engineers, with you your, do know pre- I'm an engineer. With your preciseness, there's no chance I'm not making a sixty degree one. I'm making exactly a sixty degree one, not a sixty-six degree rubbish old Atari one. I'm making a sixty degree one. It doesn't matter. Let it go. It, I can't. I can't. Let it, <laughs> stop. I can't let it go. There's six degrees out. I get shot for that work. Are you one of these people that likes? Odd and you can't do odd numbers. You like even numbers, no? I told you this before. You know, there's a popular coffee shop in the UK called Costa mm. Coffee. Other coffees yes. are available. Their saucers, you don't sit the cup in the middle. It's off to one side. Yes, I, I refuse to use their saucers. <laughs> it really bothers me. And yeah. Vip sent me a picture on Twitter the other day saying Victor's nightmare. And it was like six cups of Costa Coffee, all with their saucers to skew whiff on the side. I was like, no, no, get it away. I wonder what that was. Oh, God, it's annoying. I like things to be concentric. Mm. Constant Christmas trees. Concentricities. I'm concentric. No, eccentric. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Anyway, there's another new game, new arcade game called Volleygon. Volleygon. Have you seen it? Yeah. This is a cool new take on Pong with four players. It actually is housed in a arcade cabinet, a proper style arcade cabinet with four players. But it's not one mm. of those massive control panel things. It's quite a nice size one. Mm. And it, it, you play, each player controls a geometric shape which has different properties when hitting the ball, just like Pong. Mm. There are different arenas, power ups, etc. And it looks really cool. Check out the write up in the video on our show notes. The game is. Uh, as I said, in an authentic-looking cabinet, the only thing, the only little tiny gripe, it could do with a 25-inch CRT rather than a flat screen. But I think I think right. CRT is getting harder to find, so we'll let them off. But it looks really groovy, and the video mm. is is a lot of fun. It looks. I want to play this game. It looks really cool. Hopefully, someone like Arcade Club will get one if they've got a general release. Yeah, let's get yeah, on to it's... our Andy. Get it sorted out. Yeah, it looks quite good. Oh, very, strange. very strange, very strange. Odd, yeah. but yeah, good. Simple. Mm. I've been sent a couple of links from Jake and Garen. Thank you, guys. Toa Plan Music Interview on Shmoplations. What a great site. And also the making of Darius on Shmoplations. I did see a bit of the graphics on that, the, the making the cabinets, the Japanese mm. cabinets. Lovely looking. The three screens. Is it three or two screens? On three, Darius. isn't it? Darius one. Yeah, lovely machine. Yeah. Oh. We've got the end here. That thing about pole position. This is sort of a late one to the, to the party mix. Mm. I saw on John's Arcade recently. I don't know who... Someone else found it, and John's Arcade posted a video about it. About pole position. They found a secret about pole position all these years later, like 30-odd years later. Apparently, 
when you play the game, if you put your credit, token, 10 pence, quarter or whatever in the game and play a game, at certain points when the attract screen is playing, it changes the outcome of the track and where the cars are on the, on the, on the first lap, on your qualifying lap. So right. you can either put a coin in at a certain point and have cars in your way when you get to the hairpin and usually sort of crash or you've got to go slowly around them, or you put your coin in and credit the game up and it will change where they are. And they're on the different part of the track. So you just whiz through and get pole position every time. That How is strange weird. is that? And people haven't mm. noticed for 30-odd years. When's pole position? 83, maybe? Something like that? I think 82 was pole position one. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, all these years later, secrets are still being found about these arcade games. I love it. Is that... Do you think that's actually programmed into it? I think... Well, I'm sure I'm sure people are going to go into the program now. These guys with big, tall foreheads, you know what they're talking about. Mm. And they're going to find out why it does it. You know, look at the code and see what the algorithms and all that sort of stuff, what's going on. But I think what it is, is the the cars are going around the lap, or they they start at a certain point, or they're going round all the time in the in the machine's memory, if you sort of think of it that way. Mm. So when you put the coin in, it's when the loop is going on. So if you catch it at the right time, the cars are in a certain place, and that's to your advantage... Or catch it in another time, it's to your disadvantage. I think it's some, something to do with that, but it's only on the qualifying lap apparently. It doesn't affect the actual race time because you do a qualifying lap first and then do a race afterwards. I don't think it affects the race; it's only the qualifying lap. But yeah, how cool mm. is that? Finding stuff out this late in life. Have you ever qualified first? I've not really. Well, I've played pole position. Obviously, I'm not a heathen. I didn't live in a cave when I was a kid. And I had it on the Atari 800XL, which was a really good version of it. And I can't really remember it very well. I haven't played it for a long, long time. I still play it a bit. I quite like it because... It's a good game. It's a very The stand-up version. There isn't a break on the stand-up version. You don't need a break for a car, do you? You don't on pole position because you just ram it into low gear as you go around the corners and it sort of breaks a lot quicker than the actual Yeah, when break. you get your foot off it, it slows down pretty quick anyway, yeah. doesn't it? And you don't really need to slow down that much on the, on the track because there's only a few tracks, isn't there? Yeah, because on stand-up arcade races, you can get something called arcade leg. Arcade you, leg, yeah, I've had arcade leg before. Where you're balancing, balancing on your left foot, and you're pressing accelerator, and then you, you, you sort of shift your weight to brake, accelerate a brake, yeah. and you can't do it as quick as if you're sitting down in a cockpit version. Yeah, absolutely. I've had, Funny you should say that. I've had arcade leg before mm. from playing the drums on Rock Band years ago, on the PS3, I think it was. Because there's there's a, there's a pedal for the um, the bass drum on it, and yeah. when you've got your foot at a certain position and you're using your foot up and down, it sort of wears your foot out. Oof! <laughs> arcade foot and leg. One last thing, not arcade news. Mm. Have you seen the new MacBook Pros with their fancy touch bar? No, Apple doesn't really interest me, really. Well, I was in the Apple shop the other day. Uh, I think we just went in to look at it because we we sort of heard about it. And thought, oh, we'll have a look at it. There's no way we're going to buy one because they're very expensive. And I've got a lovely MacBook Air anyway. And it's, it's been perfect for two years, so I'm not going to buy a new one. Mm. And it's got this like, long strip above the keyboard. And they've actually got rid of the escape key. On It's a MacBook Pro, so it's one of the, the top-end ones anyway. Mm. But what it is, is they haven't actually got rid of the escape key. When you press this little touchpad, an escape key comes up. So you've got it there anyway. But it's like a great big, long, really skinny, long screen. Right, mm-hmm. and when you, you use certain applications and programs, you can use this as a touch bar. So, say you were editing some audio on GarageBand, you can you can move the audio around by just sliding your finger across it. 
basically it's it's been been said it's like a, a, a long Apple Watch. It's got its own processor involved, its colour, all this sort of stuff. And guess what I saw? The, well, the thing is, it's very similar. I don't know who came out first, but it's very similar to the, the screwy windy thing that Microsoft have got. They've got this little unit you put on a touch screen. You actually put it on top of the screen, and you can twirl yeah. things around. It looks really clever. But the touch bar on the, the, the new MacBook Pro... You can play Doom on it. So it's basically a long, thin mouse pad. No, it's a screen, but it's touch screen. A thick, long, thin screen. Yeah, you have to have a look. Have a look at it. But mm. did you hear what I said? You can play Doom on it. You can play Doom on everything. Such a great game. Always love Doom. Always will do. And I will play it on anything if I can. It looks very silly because it's about it's about a centimetre tall and about sort of two hundred and fifty mil long. So it's very very thin and stupid, but they've done it because you can. They have. I think that's amazing. I love it. I loved it on PS One. Just loved it. Can't play with the controller. Need a mouse and keyboard, young man. I just got well into it, and, and the music was great. It was like this this sort of ambient. It was different than the music on the PS One. Sort of sort of ambient, atmospheric. Okay kind of drones and stuff mm. and it really made the atmosphere i think for the game it's a brilliant game mm. on that brilliant game note yes hello i'm errol brown from 70s band hot chocolate you may remember some of my songs like it started with a pants in the back of the arcade and so charlie Far wins again and that love song about sean holly where are you from you beardy thing. Well, I'm not recording albums from the 1970s. I like to listen to the Ten Pence Arcade podcast. Eee. Arcade pickups. So I've bought another cab. I've yes. bought another. Don't say what it is because it's not arrived okay. yet. We'll talk about it next time. Okay. We have covered it on the podcast before. I think I put it on Twitter, so everyone probably knows already. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. It'd be cool. Uh, I've also acquired a Nintendo bar top. I made this thing. I'm looking at it now. It's right. It's in the it's in the podcasting studio at my house. Uh, I made this bar top for Alex years ago when we first started the podcast. So we had a little jammer main machine basically to to play the games on to do because he didn't have a jammer cab at the time. And uh, when I was around his house the other day, he said, "Oh, do you want that that cab back? I don't use it anymore. I haven't got any room for it anymore because he's got a jammer cab. So I sold him recently." And I said, oh, should I want it, mate? Yeah, I'll have it back. You know, because he didn't want to sell it or anything like that. So I've had it back. And it's a lovely little thing. It's really nice. I'll take some pictures and put it on the on the Twitter feed or something. Mm. Uh, I made it ages ago, and I was playing it earlier, and it plays really well. It's got some really nice little sort of Nintendo reproduction joysticks on it, and little... Because it's quite a small thing. I like to use little buttons. I use the, the sort of 24mm Sanwa buttons on it. Mm. It's a really nice little thing. So I've had it back, and I don't need it. I want to give it to my, my eldest son for Christmas because he wanted oh. a bar top ages ago. And I said, I'll make you one one day and I never got around to doing it. So I'll give it to him because it's only like um, a simple machine. It's only got two buttons and two two joysticks, two buttons each. And he can play it with the little ones, my grandkids. I think they'd like to play on it as well. And it's quite sturdy so they won't break it. Very nice. Does he yeah. listen to this podcast? No. Ah, I don't think right. so unless he's telling me lies. I don't think so. But I'll get him into the old games and he'll have to start listening so you can join up with us for playing the games. Mm. Cool. Did Very you, nice. Before we go on any further, 
with your pickups or your non pickups. Mm. Mm. How many how many downloads did you say we have in November? It was quite a lot, wasn't it? I'm really it impressed. Was. Thank you, everyone who downloaded. Yeah, almost six thousand. <gasps> That's fine. That's good for us. That's it's, good for us. Yeah. It's not bad for a bunch of twits, is it? <laughs> Drinking no. rum and, and cherry coke. You're getting down that room a bit quick. You'll be slurring later on. No, no, I'll be okay. I hope. Mm. Unless I get another mm. one. <gasps> Eek. Any any pickups for you, young man, before we carry on? The only thing I can think of off the top of my little bald head is a takeaway. I phoned a takeaway, and they said it was going to be 40 minutes, so I picked it up, went downtown, picked it up. What about the giraffe? It, oh, yeah, I got a giraffe. Someone left it on my car. I think it's either a kid's toy or a dog's toy, and it squeaks. It's going to be a new addition to the podcast. It sounds a bit rude, actually. Does it? Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll get, it get around like a it with a squeaking him. chair or something. Disapproving sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and get some feedback down your neck. Listener feedback. Okay. Right, first thing with feedback. We have asked our lovely listeners for stuff they'd like us to do as segments because some of our segments are running out a little bit. We've got sort of so far in them. And they've come up chumps for us. Jumps, uh, jumps. But the old segments may make a, a return as a surprise future segment. You don't know, with resurgence. But we've asked about some possible interviews with prominent gamers and arcade people from the UK. Or anyone we can get hold of, really. If, if someone's in, in Europe or America or whatever, that'd be great as well. That could be a possibility. And we, and we also have a new segment in this episode coming at the end. Uh, any ideas would be gratefully accepted and possibly binned. So be careful with your ideas, kids. Also, a music quiz was put forward. So mm-hmm. thank you, whoever did it. I can't remember who did these, but thank you for your your, uh, your ideas. They're really good. A music, music quiz. We would play each other some arcade sounds from our phones or whatever we've got lying around. Yeah. And guess what game they're from? Wow. Answers at the end of the podcast. By the way, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at it. I'm not right. So that'd be good. So in in the future, if you if you can be bothered, get like five bits of sound effects and record them and we'll play them to each other we'll have to work it out anyway that sounds quite a good idea and Ooh. what we can do is all the listeners can sort of play along with us and we can put the answers right at the end of the, of the podcast upside down obviously like in a crossword puzzle so people can... so they can't read no. very clever uh-huh. very clever also reviews <laughs> yes. of the arcade documentary films yeah and I've seen quite a few and it'd be a good excuse to go and watch them again because a lot of them are on Netflix now, or you can buy the DVDs, or buy a download, or even on YouTube's. Mm. That'd be quite good. Also, company and developer profiles. Yep, which is quite good. Uh, we did a, we did that tower plan one, but that's a long time ago now. Your tower plan one was excellent, mate. Thank you. Very good. They take a lot of work, so we might have to do mm. that what, over over a holiday, maybe or something. I don't know, but yeah, we'll, we'll look into it. If only if there was an annual holiday coming up where we would have time to do it, Vic. Yeah. Yeah, maybe when it snows. Could, yeah, could could yeah. yeah. So you can't get out of the house. Yeah, it snows that bad in London. You can't get out. Sometimes there's up to one centimeter of snow outside. Oh my god, Terrible. gridlock! The whole place will shut down. Another one is games from a particular country. I'm not sure about that because uh, usually it was America or Japan, wasn't it? Mm. You do get Korean, Chinese games sometimes. Peru were quite big into games, weren't they? No. 
<laughs> the only other one I can think of is France. They did Le Bagnard, which is Bagman. Yes. That was a Veladon, I think, Veladon. Yeah. Uh, great games no one's ever heard of, which we do anyway a lot of the time. Remember mm. Uncle Pooh? Yay, Uncle Pooh! Great game. It was a great game. So, those kind of things, and the one we've picked, we will think about in the future. Yeah. Don't so let's, let's get on to the regular ones. And the first one is from Pete Hahn. Great episode. With all the promise you've given it, or the praise you've given it, sorry, you've got me into scramble now. What have you done? I never played Classic Hero games. Loving it so far. Thanks again, Victor and Sean. And do you know what? I had uh, yeah. a follow-up to this. He was playing it at the Galloping Ghost Arcade where he works, and he broke it. <laughs> hey. a graphical area, yeah. I think the board went down as he was playing it. Oh. He played it to death. Oh, some feedback from Matthew Bridge. Great episode. Cannot wait to make it to Arcade Club. But unfortunately, it's a long way from Plymouth. It's a long, long, long way from Plymouth. Further than Mm. than me, even. Mm. Uh, We had a strange message from someone in Pakistan. I think we're being complimented. It was all symbols. It's one of them Facebook messages that are all symbols and fish and hands and and Stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. I'm not sure. There's one from the Grease. Yay, the new potty. That'll help me get through work tomorrow, lol. Thanks, gents. Rolly Retro says, I played Scramble for the first time in ages, and I've forgotten how hard it is. I was terrible, and I must try harder. Yes, you must, young man. Try harder. <laughs> yeah, you should be able to do a loop at least. Mm. Benson Rad, listen number four. Thanks to Southern Fail, which is what everyone in the UK calls Southern Rail, and more train cancellation stroke delays this morning, I got to listen to the whole podcast so you chaps can pat yourself on the back for keeping me sane and calm. Excellent show as usual. I did try to play Scramble but found it incredibly hard on keyboard. So I gave up and got only around 2,000 points. Maybe I should enter my dismal tries and win the Wooden Spoon of the Year award. The Skyskiver interview was very interesting. Great to hear Mr. Billy Mitchell has been involved. You would think that that would help draw more attention to the project. Hope I can make the event if it's an unveiling. Keep up the good work. P.S. Thanks for picking up the Pac-Man bits for me at such short notice. I'm sure you're just kidding about its noise. Ha ha. Oops. If I <laughs> if I'd know you were meeting Fuzzy, I might have got you to bring some more stuff home from him as well. You cheeky monkey. Cheeky monkey. Ooh, cheeky monkey. McCaskey has put future game suggestion. Have you done Dragon Spirit or Dragon Saber yet? No. They're we good games though. Good shooters. They've got the bombing element like Xevious, haven't they? Yeah, I think so. Nice games. I've been looking for an excuse to play them, he says. The show is great, though. Look forward to the next one. Keep up the good work. Thank you for Paul McCaskey. Houston Jackson. Stumbled across this podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm hooked. Put down the biscuits and deliver me a new podcast, please, and thank you. Please and thank you. That's a Ron Swanson quote, that is. Mm. And I thank you guys for mispronouncing... I think you guys are mispronouncing cookies. Biscuits are for sausage and gravy. He has a point. In America... Biscuits with sausage, sausage-made gravy are delicious. Mm. Mm, I'll have to make some biscuits later. They're so nice. I really enjoy my commute with you two talking about arcade history. Thank you, Houston. Thank you. Next. Shout out. <laughs> Phil, the No Swear Gamer, is getting a shout out for finishing, finishing his Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast. He managed to review all the released 7800 games, plus some homebrew and unreleased titles. I listened to the last one at work the other day, where there were a lot of listener submissions on their top five and bottom five games. 
Karataka sounds dreadful. Mm. Or Karateka. Karateka. It was like a poor man's International Karate Plus, I remember it as. I played it on the Atari 800XL and thought it was a bit rubbish. Mm. Before we do my shout-out, it's going to scratch my beard. Go on, then. Oh, that's better. I hate editing that out. (laughs) What's it sound like? Is it like a... It's like someone scrubbing the oven with a Brillo pad. Oh, very nice. Anyway, shout out to Peter Cayman Sweden for inviting us to Stockholm, an arcade called. Are you drinking again? I just had a quick sip, yeah. Oh, an arcade called Hey Stockholm, I think it's called. Because in Japan, in Tokyo, there's an uh, arcade there called Taito Hey. H E Y exclamation mark. And mm. this arcade in Stockholm is slightly modern. Mm. It has lots of the, the newer sort of rhythm games and stuff like that, but it has a stack of candy cabs playing cool games. Yeah. I'm very tempted. It won't, be, it won't be this year, and I've got to go to Berlin in February for wife's birthday. There's actually um, a synth pop festival on in, in Berlin. Yeah. So we're going to that. That'd be quite good. Um, but if you can make it, if you can make it to Stockholm, I will come with you. So it's mm. down to you. You decide. I think, yeah, I bet it's a nice little place, actually. I've been to Stockholm before. It is a nice place. Yeah, it's lovely. Mm. And uh, Mr. K-Man Sweden said he'd pick us up from the airport and, and help us out. And we used to go to some of his friends' arcades. Yeah. It's, it's really tempting, isn't it? It is. And it's not that expensive, really, to get uh, there. Should we talk about after the show? Yeah. Hmm. Not this year, can't do it this year, it's too late now No, no, it's getting too close to the new year But yeah, yeah, in the mm. new year, thanks K-Man mm. And that's about it for the shout-outs As far as I can remember Tech Tips Right, this is my section And it's called Making a Jammer Extension Loom Yes, now I wrote all this up the other day, right? It's a really long write-up, and before I read it all out, I haven't mm. done this one before, have I? I don't think so. I hope not, because I'm gonna feel alright, Charlie, if I did. I think I wired a jammer harness before in a cab and got a cab wired up, but this is basically for a jammer extension loop. You may one day need a jammer extension lead if you're using a super gun or yeah. some kind of text test fixture rig. Mm. to fix a PCB, or maybe you want to be able to reach the PCBs at the front of your cabinet, you decide. For me, this time, I already have an extension I made ages ago, but I need another one. Not greedy, no. I need it for one of my jammer switcher PCBs so I can run two PCBs in the same cab at the same time. The second of these switching PCBs didn't come with any extensions. The first one I got had very long extension leads with with the connectors on the end. So you can mm-hmm. put the PCBs in the cab wherever you like and sort of run them. But the second one I got is only a little Chinese uh, PCB. It's a short, quite a cheap version of it. And it's about eight inches square, and it's got two connectors in the middle of it sticking upwards. And the idea is you're supposed to put two jammer boards into this PCB. They'll be sticking up 90 degrees in the air to the original little board. And the board's only small, so it would fall over, goodness sake. It just wouldn't mm-hmm. work. So what I've done at the moment is I've got a 60-in-1 inserted into it because it's only a tiny PCB stuck in the, in the top of it, jutting out. And I've got my other extension lead going to a PCB elsewhere in the cab. But mm-hmm. I want to do two larger PCBs to be able to switch. So that's the idea of making another harness. 
It sounds easy to make, and you can actually buy these things for about 13 UK pounds off of eBay and you know sellers like that. Yeah. But they will be really cheaply made. They're mm. really cheap. And I always, always, if I buy one, I've bought one before, as I swap out the power wiring on there for beefier gauge wire, the wire on these Chinese extension cables look thick, but if you remove them and look at the thickness of the actual wire in the shielding, it's very, very thin, and it's just not man enough for power wires, which we'll talk right. about later on. It's sneaky and cheap, and I don't like the way they do it. If you look closely at the soldering as well, it's really badly done, and the heat shrink tubing over the wires are usually most of what's holding onto the edge connector. Yeah. So they actually put heat shrink tubing on it so you don't get any, any touching of wires next to each other, but when you start tubing off, there's hardly any solder on there. Right, I've actually had, had loose connections before. When you go to move the, the heat shrink tube and you pull the wire off. Right. So, fire up the iron! <laughs> Get yourself a 56-pin edge connector and 56-pin fingerboard, which I have here. Look, look, Sean. Oh, yes, that's right. There's not 56 on that. There is. There's 28 either side. Jammer. Duh. Oh, yeah. So get you the hell of those. And you can get these on eBay, uh, AliExpress, or many other arcade suppliers. They're, they're a couple of pounds each. They're not very expensive. Get yourself a bunch of them, though, especially fingerboards, as mm. they are what you need to make adapter looms with. And I've, I bought mm. 10 recently, so I've got loads of them. You'll also need a jammer pinout diagram. Remember, there are two sides to the jammer connector, top, part, side, and bottom, component side. 28 pins I on the side. I know this. Yes, you now. do, son, because I told yes. you. And yes. you've been you've been practicing. Yes. What I do is I in my toolbox I've got a jammer pinout diagram I printed out and laminated. Keep mm. one with you at all times. Mm. Put it in your wallet, you'll never know when you'll need it. Start with the top side and make sure you're working the correct correct way around. Look at a jammer PCB with pin seven removed to work out what way around you should be working. I've made adapters completely the wrong way around but a few times before. Massive doll. Followed by much harumphing. Harumph. Harumph. Work out how long you want to make your extension. Make sure you cut all the wires the same length plus a little bit extra for trimming later on when you solder the ends to the fingerboard. You'll need 18 gauge wire for the power wire and 22 gauge for the rest. The power wire is a little bit thicker because you've got more current going through them. So with that 18, is that 18 mil? No, it won't be 18 mil. No, I'm not sure. I had to ask a question on the gauge thicknesses i'm not sure how gauge thicknesses work because they they do a gauge thickness for sheet metal as well and i've never really mm. been able to work it out so if anyone can tell us i'll be interested to know mm. but 18 is thicker 22 is thinner oh right i always start with just wiring up the edge connector first and start with the power cabling out of the thicker wires than the others ground wires at both ends top and bottom eight wires in total so that's pins one two and 27 and 28 on both sides. They're ground. Always ground. Mm. I even connect the video ground to these two, the small wire going from one of the grounds as well as a separate wire its own to ground. These ground wires are traditionally black in colour. Now, the colour of the wire doesn't really matter at all, but it's useful with the power wiring because it's the one thing you can mess up and damage stuff with. Next to nine are the plus five wires, two lots on both sides of the edge, traditionally red. Then we move on to the minus 5 volts, just one wire per side, traditionally grey. And then next is the 12 volt plus 12 volts, and there's one wire per side, traditionally yellow. With all the multiples of wires, you can sometimes see the pins tied together with a small piece of solid wire between the pins tying them together. 
Because if you've got um, two red wires, which is plus five volts, they're going to be connected. So you can actually put a wire across the pins as well. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're the same connection. They can be connected, but none you don't want to connect any of the others like that. Mm-hmm. Unless there's multiples, obviously. So pin seven, after the first six pins, which are your wire ones, which is your power ones, sorry. Pin seven, if you've been counting, is the key and always left blank. Most people actually file this away yes. from a fingerboard or they put a blob of solder or there's a little key, plastic you can buy, to put in pin seven of an edge connector. And what this enables you to do is not put plug in your PCB the wrong way around, mm, which yeah. is quite good. The next two lots of con- connectors are optional, and I never wire them up. They are coin counters and lockout cores for both players. So mo- most cabs don't use those. Pin 11 is left blank on both sides too. So you keep wiring up both sides of the edge connector until you get to pins 25 and 26. They're also blank. Uh, pins 27 and 28 on the end are already wired up from earlier. And the grounds, remember? What's a lockout coil? What is that? I don't know. Why did you have to ask me? I'm sounding all clever and stuff, and you're going to ask me that. I think it's got something to do with the coin mech. Right. And I don't even wire my coin mechs up, so I never bother with it. Never bother with it. Because we've got plentiful 10 pences. Yes, indeed. Or a button. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, done all the wires all the way along, right? But before you sort of carry on and do all your wires, because it's just, it's just wire to wire, one to one, two to two, three to three, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. If you're only using the extension in a single-player cab, you can actually leave out all the player two controls, which are on the component side. Yeah. Don't need them. You can just leave them out. It save you, I think it's eight lots of wiring, eight lengths of wire. So if you're using a meter, a meter extension, that's eight meters of wire. So it's quite a lot of wire you save there. And you can always add them on if you want to use this extension cable in a, a two-player machine later on. Mm. Right. Wire up the stray ends to the fingerboard. Make sure the fingerboard is the correct way around and is marked if it's marked up. Otherwise, mark it up with a label of some kind with parts side or something, so you know which way around you are. Mm. Do this for the edge connector too. You can even blob some solder in pin seven, like I said, so you don't get it the wrong way around, or use a little you can get these little pins that go in there. Be careful not to confuse your wires to where they should be going. It's just like going from pin one edge to con- to connect to pin one on the fingerboard. You don't want to be going one to two by accident. When you've done all this, and just before you're about to neatly cable tie your wires up, get your multimeter out and set it to continuity test or beep test. Mm. Stick one probe on pin one of the edge connector and check that it's connected to pin one on the fingerboard. So when you touch it on the other side, it should beep, which means it's got continuity. It means that is wired together. Mm, Do this right. all the way along, both sides, to make sure everything is tickety-boo. And especially make sure, double-check the power wires. They're the only thing you can really get wrong on this, and it'll make a, an effect. You might hurt your PCB or your machine if you get the wiring around the wrong way. Right. If you get any of the red, green, blue, sync, or ground wires swapped over by accident, you may find you won't get a picture. You'll get an out-of-sync picture, or you get really trippy colours. If you reverse mm. the red and the blue, it'll look really weird. It won't hurt the game or the machine or the monitor, but it'll look really weird. You still look at it and think, there's something wrong with that picture, but I don't know what it is. And that's because you're red and you're blue, or you're blue and your green's around the wrong way, or whatever. Right. It's really odd. If you confuse the control wires as well, you may go down and your spaceship might go left or whatever. So that won't really hurt. It'd just be a bit odd to play. Also, test before plugging in, or you may confuse yourself and explode. 
<laughs> yes, don't explode, kids. Your tiny brain may explode. We do not want to be held accountable for that. Mm. So that is making a Jammer extension lead. Do you know what I think? I think I need a beginner's course in electronics. I really do, because I don't get grounds and plus five volts. and I just don't get it, because I've never really had to deal with it. The more you do, the more you learn, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Um, the only thing, uh, it's you gotta be a little bit careful with electronics. Mm. You you can break stuff just by putting small voltages down it. You won't have explosions or you know anything will electrocute yourself or that. Uh, when you're doing mains electrics, you gotta be a bit more careful because mm. it's, it's bigger voltages, obviously. Especially in the UK, you got 240 volts AC. But when you're working with arcade stuff, plus 5 volts and plus 12 volts, it's you can't really hurt yourself. You can break boards, I know, but it's, you're safe at least. But the mm. more you do, the more you learn, basically. So I, I don't know a lot about it, but I know enough to get by. I'll have to look into it, yeah. yeah. Mm. So the more you do, the more you learn. Now, normally, we'd have a musical interlude here. Uh, instead of that, Mr. Sean Holly is going to sing us a cappella right now a song. <laughs> Am I? No. No. I think what we have got. What have we got? Oh, got another bumper. From the Russian premiere. Hello, this is Vladimir Putin, and you need to listen to 10 Pence Arcade Podcast, or I make you disappear. Very good. How the heck did we get that? I don't know. You know what? I, f- I phoned him. There's some guys in really long trench coats out the front. I'm not sure what they're doing. They're looking a bit shifty. <laughs> so normally I'd re- replenish my drink. Oh, I've got a little bit of Coke left. Right, start talking about... Featured Game Review. This game, kids, I chose it, and... It's called Motos or Motos from Namco 1985. And in my defense, no, I've got no defense. It's a single screen, eight way stick, one button game. M6809 hardware with a custom sound chip runs on Super Pac Man hardware. So there's hope to modding it to Super Pac Man. It's a Japan only release, as far as I can tell. And it sounds like this. I just bought myself another drink because I have to have another drink getting through this game. Mm. Mm. Is it, there's a lot of lot of rum and not many co- not much coke in that. Yeah, I might have to get some more coke in a minute. Tell us mm. about the gameplay while I'm doing that. Okay. Right. Oh, that's strong. <laughs> I have. <laughs> a, there were no really un- real instructions I could find, so I found a Japanese flyer and ran it through Google Translate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, you can get Google Translate to speak, and it's this very nice lady explaining mm. how to play the game. So here is the one-minute translated Japanese flyer lady talking thing. Explosive full power to the motos. Now hot crash war starts. In 2XXX years, the saw base, which supplies solar energy to the Earth, has suddenly left the orbit and has scattered into the universe. The cause is space P who nests in the universe. The approaching energy crisis. You control the armored boat motors banner and beat space bean. Learn and play the space P from the base. Drop all the space pay and it is round clear. 
Collect the parts on the base. You can use any one of the parts you gathered by choosing the function up of your favorite Lamai ship with the figure. Strategically use it to defeat Space B. Power parts are Mishi jump parts. Power up a part. It also flew to places. Let's make a big bite. Dangerous. Meteor flying. If you do, you will be destroyed by a sofa race or a meteor shower. I like that. Yes, I like where she says a hot crash wars starts now. And also she has predicted the approaching energy crisis, bless her. Oh. And have you noticed the name of the baddie is Space B, Space Bean or Space P? I don't Space quite, P? I don't quite fancy a Space P. I think it's Space B. It's kind of an insect theme, isn't it? Uh it's a blob theme. There's blobs it's on the also flew to. It also flew to places. Let's make a big bite. And you will be destroyed by a sofa race. A sofa race can destroy you, Vic. Have you ever had a sofa race? You've got a big, are like, down... some sort of attack? <laughs> you are. <laughs> you don't look well. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just picking apart what this lady has told us. Oh, oh, I... I'm... How many of these drinks? I've only had one drink, and I'm confused. <laughs> well, she doesn't make any sense. So what it basically is, it's a bumper cars dodgems, dodgems game in space on a platform. In space! The object of the game is to, ra- is, uh, is to use your craft to ram ball-shaped objects off a platform floating in space. All the objects seem to be insect-based and have insect-like names in MAME info and other places where I've seen it. To help you do this, you can collect two different types of power-ups. Not one, not three, but two. You've got a jump and you've got strength. Jump allows you to... You've got one button to jump, haven't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To help, uh, yeah. Jump allows you to jump in the air. That's incredible. You can go over two squares worth of distance when you jump. And you land on stuff. Strength gives you more ram power. So your, your craft becomes stronger. And when things bounce off you, they ricochet more. I've always needed a bit more ram power. Mm. 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 Three giga rams, pretty decent. Actually, it's not anymore, is it? No. No. You can collect these on a round, but you can only use them at the start of a subsequent round, and they stay active for the current round. You can you can you can use your joystick at the start of a round as long as you've got these power ups to pick them. Yes. Well, you don't have to pick them. You can just go to the next round with no power ups. You can add add several ram power ups to your ship at once, up to a maximum seven, mm. making your ship quite strong, so it doesn't get battered around so much. Yeah. So the bad guys just kind of bounce off you more. Each level is a slightly different design. Sometimes they have gaps and walled sections that can only be reached by using the jump. Landing after a jump causes a crack in the play area. Landing on that same space again causes a hole in I the play it. area. I broke the floor. <laughs> Got an hole in it. And then you can fall through it, and they can fall through it as well. Mm-hmm. Take too long on a level, and a shooting star will drop onto your solar base. Right on top of you if you don't move out of the way. Ooh. Quick. Scarpa. Enemies are all roughly ball-shaped, and some are different sizes and different weights. There are also gauntlet-style monster generators in this game. Some of these, not all of them, can be disabled by jumping on them, and then they stop spitting out the monsters. And you can also destroy them. You keep ramming them, and they start wobbling, and then they explode. You get big points for that as well, I think. But you need five power parts, five ram 
power parts to there do it. There is no way on this earth I'm ever going to play that game long enough to have five power parts. You can get them quite early on in the game, you know. But it, yeah, what, after level two, nope. Play tips and secrets. Don't. Mm. Thanks, I'm kids. Sorry. See you next I'm week. I am sorry, kids. Mm. Becoming good at this game is all about learning the physics of the bounce and the ricochet. I have written a 30-page paper on this subject, which is available on our website, or not. Or not. You can watch this expert playing. Really, he must have played this so much. There's a YouTube link there. I think the guy, or the girl, who played this, who got 2.65 million and completed the game, Mm. they basically knew what power you need for each level. And at the start Mm. of the level, picked the correct power, and they did the game without even losing a life. Yeah. That is really dedication. Who the heck could play this game for more than four minutes? Yeah. As you can see from this guy, the enemies can be made to fall off the platform. You you go near the edge and change direction, and some of them will fall off. Yeah, they're quite daft, aren't they? They can bump into each other and fall off, or they can drop down holes created by you, etc. More tips. Knock knock static diamonds off the play area for a thousand point bonus. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. These graphics are not great. They're not very good. Mm. Every so often you get a kind of bonus level with just one enemy and loads of power-ups on the screen. The idea is to collect all the power-ups before the baddie kills itself or, you know, you kill it by accident. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of the later enemies are just too big and heavy to ram. They just will not move. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do... I've seen this the video of this. Yeah, I watched the video as well. If to get into the corner, jump up so you make a little bit of a crack in the ground. Jump around. Jump around. Round. Jump up, up, jump up, and jump down. down. Jump around. (laughs) Jump around. (laughs) Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. Sorry. That was your song you were going to do earlier. Yeah, I was going to do that. Sorry, the 10 Pence Arcade podcast was going to do that, but they were very busy at work and tired when they got home from work. (laughs) Yeah, so what you have to do, you have to jump up and land on them and bounce off the correct direction back into the play field. And knocking them through the hole. Yeah, that's so difficult. And it's pixels. The, The way you bounce off the top of these, I suppose they're round objects, is pixels different the direction. So... Yeah. You've got to be so accurate. Or or play Dig Dug. Mm, or Battle Back Raid, which yeah. is obviously Either. Better. Either is good. After 62 levels of torture stroke gameplay... 62? Oh, come on. <laughs> you are presented with this end screen, which offends you, this screen, doesn't oh, it? Oh, God, it's so annoying. <laughs> the text is not centred. Oh, it's, no. It says, congratulations, great not in the game middle, Not in the middle. This game is presented by Namco. Not in the middle. 20th of September, 1985. Would it would it help if I said it was indented, that text? It's just wrong, isn't it? It's wrong, that text. You've got all the way to 62, right? You've finished the game, you've completed, you've got over 2 million points, and they can't even put the bloody Namco in the middle. See, they didn't have Microsoft Word in 1985, so there's no centre button, is there? Press the space bar! I bet they might have done one more space would have made it centre graphics and sound yes there is some graphics and sound unimaginative ball enemies mediocre music I actually like some of the sounds some of the sounds are quite spacey and and kind of different and I do like the title screen logo and that's probably I like like the logo as well it's the only thing Mm. about the whole game I like I think that's why I picked it 
because <laughs> I like the logo. Meh. No real character in the graphics at all. A lot of the baddies look similar. They're just coloured differently. Mm. Different sizes, different colours, that's it. Mm. Yeah. Right, shall we get on to the fun that is the scoring? Well, do my score first. I hardly played it. It's so bad, I got less than 10,000. So I'm at the, I don't care. I'm at the bottom, okay? Mm. I'm at the very Tro- bottom. Troll Nads had one go and then just completely got disgusted because with it. Because that man knows a good game when he sees one. Mm. You know, some people, the top of this score table, did like it. It does appeal to some people. That's because they're lunatics. Never contact the show again. <laughs> Vip. 13,700. Paul McCaskey, 14,000. Alan Delta Lima, thanks to the biscuits, mate. Yeah, mm. I'm going to keep promoting them biscuits. Oh, Irish oh, biscuits. Oh, 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 oh. I didn't get any of those biscuits. I did say you could have some. And you just forgot when I was at your house to give me them. Conveniently. You, sir, a swine. 144madsd.com, <laughs> 16, 1. Ross, 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 17,000. Ross. Ross. Stacy King, 22,000. Me. 22,000. That's Ooh, all I could do. There's a tie going on there. Yeah, I got bored. Who cares? Edward Horse, 24,4. Michael Liss, Michael Liss, 25,9. Matthew Bridge, 28,6. Mark, Mr. Happy Dude, 28,8. Tagster, 35,4. Charlie Farr, 42,2. Paul Stickley, 50,800. Getting good here now. Mm. Ian Cullen, 51,800. Neil, 1637, 25, coming up to time to go home, 53,800. And number one, Button Mashing Fun, who is Scott Hattle, who gave us some feedback last time. I didn't realise that. Names, avatars, nice. Yeah, 58,600, and he liked it, so well played. We'll give him this for his score and persistent, and we'll give him this for liking the game. Do you know, no one else has got a, a ping hoot before, ever. Yeah, they haven't. Mm. Those scores are good because people played and did well, and a lot better than I did because I just couldn't be bothered because it was an awful game. But compared to the actually finishing the game with 2 million points, it's not a lot, is it? So people couldn't have been that interested in the game to play further. Mm. It's, it's the epitome of a frustrating game. It really is. Um, mm. We've got overall thoughts and improvements at the bottom of our notes, so we'll do the other bits first, and then I can let rip. Go on. Anyway, so the cabinet, cabinet art, none. Mm. It's. Mm. I would. I would almost say this game was shovelware. Mm. They couldn't be bothered to make nice graphics. They couldn't be bothered to add elements to gameplay. They couldn't be bothered to sort out the final screen with a flipping text in the middle, for goodness sake. How much would that take? (laughs) And there was no artwork. There wasn't a cabinet. It was getting late in the day in the 80s for cabinets. Maybe it's maybe a kit. I cannot find a marquee for the game anywhere. I can't find a control panel. I can't find side art. I couldn't even find a manual for it. So it's Mm. very sparse trying to find stuff on it. And... If you type in Moto, which is the first four letters of Motos, you find everything that's MotoGP, MotoChamp, MotoFrenzy, etc. And Motos is a massive pile of steaming elephant dung. This is a fact. Mm. Said that on the internet. Or I made it up. 
<laughs> the only good thing is the flyer, which I think is a really nice piece of artwork. Do you know why? Mm. Because it's Japanese artwork, and most Japanese artwork is excellent. Mm. But since there was no cabs, marquees, or side art, I've put a nice picture of a dog on the website for people to look at. Thanks again, Motos. What type of dog? It's uh, it's a canine. It's a little dachshund, <laughs> if everyone likes dachshund. Oh, I, re- I really need to look at that website. It's mm. quite good, I think. Oh, I think you should. Mm. Well, I've found some absolutely 100% true trivia. Mm-hmm. Go on. Which I have found in my... Yeah, found. This game was featured in the 1986 Queen's Speech, broadcast oh. on all UK TV stations. I thought I'd heard of it somewhere before. The Queen, playing on a converted Super Pac-Man cab, posted a score of 32,300, which is actually pretty good, since her, one of her corgis was bothering her ankles at the time. Mm. The Queen obviously now has a view leaks, as we all know. Well. But, but, yes, 1986, Queen. Did you know cab. there was also a Peter Pac rat and Motos flyer where they appeared together. Yeah, it's the same flyer in the together. Mine got Heinster. I thought you were joking when you sent me this. I thought you'd actually mocked it up. But this no. is two of the worst arcade games in existence put together. Basically, I think it was from Namco and Atari saying, don't buy these two games. They're dung. Look, here <laughs> they are together. Rubbish. This prompted one of our listeners, I forgot who it was, to do a Twitter, what do you call them? Uh, Tweet? Not a competition, a Twitter survey. Oh, yeah, poll, a survey, poll. yeah. Which is the worst, Peter Packrat or Motos? And Peter Packrat won. Yeah, I put Peter Packrat. I voted for Peter Packrat. I voted for Motos. I don't know why I voted for myself there, aren't I? You but are. You will be punished. Mm, I think Peter Packrat's better than this. Mm, it's got more going on the screen rather than just bumping stuff around a bit of a bit of character to it this is oh damn did you it. Know, sorry it's did mm. you know the enemy ships have different names right yes i cannot be bothered to read them out but mm. interestingly there's one baddie called a Titorian or mm. Titorian. nothing to do with a taito apparently even though namco was their competitors mm. Mm. i actually found a dip switch the only bit of, of correspondence I found out about the game it's a dip switch and pinout sheet for motos and it's obviously translated from Japanese and on the pinout for one and two player starts they're labelled one player lump and two player lump <laughs> I don't know why but it tickled me yeah. press that one player lump will you oh no it's, is... like a, it's like a jump over a bit but a lumpy oh yeah it's just dawned on me it probably was jump wasn't it <laughs> Mm. You didn't realise that, no. you buffoon. <laughs> what an idiot. The rum has gone to my head. <laughs> Ports, so, sequels, and legacy. I would imagine that this was a fairly easy game to port, it being single screen and all, so it appeared on quite a few consoles and computers. Sorry, consoles and computers. Mm. Despite being the obscure Japanese release that we know it to be. Yep. It was on Spectrum, Amstrad, Commodore 64, Sharp 8, X68000, almost perfect as expected. PlayStation 1 got it on those Namco Museum releases, and it also appeared on Windows. Yeah. I had this on the Spectrum, I think. It's like a monochrome affair on the Spectrum. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I presume the only reason 
back in the sort of late 80s when the, when the 8-bit computers were popular. The only reason they, they did it is they could, they could do the game quite easily, a single-screen affair, as you say. But it, it was like, arcade, perfect, arcade port, straight mm. from the arcade. And everyone was going, yeah. what the hell's Motos? I've never played that before. I never played it in the arcade. It's a Japanese-only mm. release. But because they saw the words arcade, and probably had an arcade machine on a picture of the front of the graphics or something, that's why people liked it. Mm, or like people a, bought it, I suppose, and it was easy to convert. Probably buy the license off Namco for a pound. Yeah, a pound. Or ten mm. pence. No, mm. hundred yen. <laughs> well, in the overall thoughts and improvements bit, I have written, I am sorry, Vic. I am very, very sorry. That's all I've put. <laughs> and that about sums it up. It's a, it's a, it's not a good one for us. I d- that being said, some people did like it. They got over the frustration and they got the hang of the bumpy physics. I like physics, but I do like a bumpy. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So, there was a tweet from Cinecaster. Sums up the game. This game evokes a frustration I felt while trying to sip a hot cup of coffee during an earthquake. <laughs> ah, that's good than that. Or, Thank you, Cinecaster. Or waking mm. up with a wasp nest in your bottom. <laughs> has that ever happened to you, is it? No, but I imagine that would be as how annoying this game is. Yeah. So, it's not good enough. The good people of Tenpence Land have called for your flag a lagulation. So, are you ready? Yeah. Oh! Ooh! Wallop! Now, you're <laughs> yeah. battered and bruised. Go and put yeah. some plasters on those bits. Yes. And I'll start off the next segment. Home computer and console arcade ports. This is a new feature. Woo! Where we take an arcade port that was made for retro computer or console and do a mini review on it. Mm-hmm. We'll get a few scores for fun and compare it to the real arcade game. We will be using actual hardware where possible or emulation where needed. And in this particular case, I had to use flipping emulation. I mean, flipping Famicom broke down. Mm. I did. Let's kick off with Star Force on the Famicom or the NES. Mm. I fired this up on emulation. Mm-hmm. The Japanese version is 1985 Tekken Stroke Hudson Soft, and the US version, strangely two years later, 1987 Tecmo. And I'm impressed with both of them. I think they are different games. I don't know if... They're quite a bit different, aren't they? They play very, very similar. Some of the graphics are slightly different. Mm -hmm. I reckon Tecmo took the code of Tekken and Hudson Soft and tried to sort of modify it a bit. The music's more elaborate. Tweak it a little bit. Some of the graphics look a bit more polished, but I think the Japanese version plays slightly quicker, which I like. Mm -hmm. But overall, both of them, it's a fast, smooth, and very playable game. And I have very little experience with the NES or Famicom because I missed them. I was a Commodore 64 kid. Mm -hmm. But I think they're really good. If I was the 15-year-old me wanting my arcade fix, my Star Force fix, and I got this game, I'd be very impressed. Mm. Really good, I thought. What do you think, Vic? Well... I didn't realise at first, when I played it, uh, I played it a little while ago when my Famicom was working, and 
it was the one, the version with the yellow star force with the big blue star in the O of the force. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's the Tecmo version, yes? That's the American one, yeah. Okay. And I thought, I thought this looks a bit different. doesn't look quite right. And I played it. It was a good game. Not too bad. Good game. Good game. <laughs> so I liked that. And then when I was playing it on emulation the other night to do a bit of a better review on it, because the Famicom had obviously broken down, I realised there was another version. I was like, oh, wow, there's two versions of it. And I'm not sure which one was the better version. But one, I noticed there was slight graphic changes where there was like two coloured star field and one coloured star field. One had a little bit better percussion on the music, mm. I noticed, which is good for the NES. There was no flicker, which the NES suffered from in some games. It was quite a quick game. Mm. The tune was there. It wasn't quite as, as well done as the arcade version, obviously. And the graphics were sort of similar quality of graphics, because they're only simple on Star Force anyway. But there's sort of slightly less colour in the colour palette. They weren't shaded as well with many colours. But the actual mm-hmm. spaceship you, you pilot is quite good. It looks exactly the same. And the yeah. tunes are quite good as well, so not too bad. And I quite enjoyed it. It was quite a quick game. And um, another thing I noticed on there was when you get the the the, the, the speed shot pickup mm. and you, you do it and it does that really jaunty tune, it yeah. wasn't quite as jaunty on the NES, unfortunately. It's a really cool little tune. But it's pretty nippy on the speed and it plays really well on the NES. So mm-hmm. if I didn't have arcade stuff and or MAME at home right now and I had a Famicom or a NES and someone gave me this, I'd be really happy to play it because it was, it was a good arcade conversion. A really it good really conversion. Good. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, had, it had all the same... When you play the game, that game is very, very simple. You go over a landscape. There's different kind of enemies in different sort of uh, rotations and attack patterns come at you. You shoot them, and at the end of every single level, there's a little bit where you go out in space, and there's a, a, a mothership and two little things, satellites, protecting it. And you shoot the ship. And it's, it's that simple. It's very simple. And mm. you get whether you shot all the, the different coloured things in it and got the bonuses. And it's exactly the same as the arcade. And mm. it's a fine example of an arcade port. This is how an arcade port should be. Yeah. Yeah, check out our Star Force podcast for all the little ins and outs of... Star Force, because there's lots of little hidden secrets, and I noticed a couple in this game. The little H's where you yes. uncover them for a thousand points. Did you getting... see the smiley faces? I didn't see the smiley faces at all, which is an yes. extra life. There is yeah, that in there them. as well. Yeah. I saw the arrows. What do the arrows do again? I can't remember. I think if you shoot them all, they shorten the level. Ah, okay. Mm. But yeah, the little secrets there as well. I give this, we don't normally do this, but we're going to do it on this section. I'm giving this a solid four out of five. And I have high standards of arcade ports. I think I would too, yeah. Yeah, really, really good. And also, we, we can talk about box art. I like a bit Oof. of box art, me. So the mm. American version is obviously the bigger cartridges, which was the, the toast cartridges, look like a bit of toast. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's okay. It's got the yellow Star Force, which isn't right. It's not the correct writing from the arcade, is it? It's not this, this Star Force logo, no. No, so this is the Tecmo version, which has got the Nintendo. And it's a... The box on, on an American or a PAL version of NES is vertical. It's portrait. Mm. And the artwork's okay. It's got a nice spaceship on there, stuff going on, Nintendo seal of approval, all that lot. And with the yellow Star Force, which I don't like. But the Japanese version, which is a Famicom cart, which is smaller and more colourful, 
Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? It's got the it's got the correct writing. They're both all right. I wouldn't say the Japanese one was brilliant, but I I've, I think it wins out because it has the proper logo. Yes, and it's got a lovely mm. spaceship and a man running along with a grid. Really nice. The Famicom artwork is really nice because they have the little boxes, which is the same size as the cartridges. Whereas the NES one had a big sort of superior box and you know a bit more sales mm. going on into it. But I do like both of them. They're quite good. Do you know what I've just remembered? What have you remembered? My address. Oh, no. I've just remembered playing a game at the Batcave called, last weekend, called Summer Carnival 92. Wrecker Summer Carnival 92, which is a Famicom shoot-em-up. Oh, never heard Apparently, of it. Apparently, it's really sought after now. Okay. And it's known for having a, a phenomenal amount of moving sprites on the screen at once okay and it's like a bullet hell it's like 1992 it was made for some kind of competition or something right i saw one on ebay i googled it and it was 1700 dollars <gasps> some selling it for so and lewis, lewis has managed, got one yeah he's managed to get this i don't know wow much he pays. well done lose he, he, get, <laughs> he gets a lot of rare stuff and yeah. that it must be 50 sprites on the screen at once plus bullets no slowdown Going mental. Well, that flicker, because the NES suffered from flipper, flicker a little bit, like, not as bad, obviously, as the, as the Atari 2600, when you got too many sprites it, on the screen. Yeah, it did have flicker, I'm afraid, yeah. But, yeah, but that's really very, impressive. Wow. Very impressive, yeah. How cool is that? Summer Carnival 92 or something, Wrecker, RCCA, it was called. Well, I can get that on the fa- on the Everdrive, so when I get mm-hmm. my Famicom fixed, I'll try to check it out. So, kids, if you have any recommendations for, for great or even rubbish console console or computer ports of arcade games, give us a shout and we'll review them. Because we do like giving them a good kick in as well, don't we? Oof! Oof! Hardware Heroes. Right. Can we talk, Vic, because you're an expert on this, can we talk a bit about the differences between arcade sticks? We had a bit of a question last hmm. time, which got me thinking. We've got hmm. Samwa, we've got Simitsu, we've got Hap, we've got Chip Shop, we've got bobbly-headed sticks, we've got loose candy sticks. Tell us, Vic, what the hell is going on? <laughs> right. I'm not yes. an expert on joysticks, but yes. I've, I've listed the ones I can think of and remember. Yes. Now you've got to remember, a lot of the Japanese sticks that are usually on candy cabs, like the Sanwas and the Sumitsus and even the Crowns, mm. there's a lot of different models with very slight differences. It's mm. to do with the spring tensions, the amount of throw, the kind of connections they use, the kind of gates they use, the kind of micro switches they use. So there's a lot of subtle differences to all these different things. And the best thing to do... Well, the best thing I ever did is I went along to one of the the London console market events mm. and there's there's a guy there who doesn't do it anymore and he was part of a, a company called Arcade Japan and he had all the sticks he sold out on display so you could actually have a go of them. You can move them around and felt you know, see what the feel looks like feels like. Mm. And that was probably the best thing, but I'm not sure where you could do that now. So it's yeah. quite difficult to, to choose what joystick you need. But I mean there's certain ones that are de facto good quality ones like the LS32 and stuff but there's lots of different types of Japanese sticks I think you need to try them out first mm. you know what I mean there's quite a lot of them but the ones I can remember firstly there's the the chopper chops lolly sticks which yeah. look like a little lollipop 
Mm. And these were on various old bootleg cocktail cabinets in the UK. Usually some kind of maze game. They felt like a Pac-Man or something or a boot. And these things were quite long and unwieldy. Usually the springs were knackered on. They just flopped about all over the place. It was a really long stick and a tiny little sort of, I don't know, 20 millimeter ball on the top, really tiny ball top. Mm. Rubbish things. They were always broken whenever I used them. Now, the next one, there's a chip shop, which we call in the UK the chip shop jammer stick. Depend on what country you're from, wherever you found a jammer cab, whether it be in a laundromat or a, a cafe or a youth club or whatever, we found them in chip shops over here. This was a jammer stick. There's two varieties, the hammerhead and the ball top. I know the hammerhead. I know what you're on about, yeah. You know what I'm on about. These are solid plastic molded sticks, and the originals were made by Sousa or Hap and copied by a lot of other companies. They did the job and still do. I have now against these sticks at all. They're good, solid joysticks. Mm. A lot of them were four or eight well switchable as well. Now, the next one I remember was the proper Pac-Man red ball stick. A really nice feel with a rubber grommet in there for that nice rubbery, jubbery feel. Rubbery, jubbery. Obviously four-way in a Pac-Man. Yeah, there's one at Arcade Club. Check it out, kids. All the Samitsu and Sanwa sticks I've ever felt are reasonably the same with different spring tensions and whatnot, we said about that. So they feel good. I, I prefer the stiffer spring, and you mm. prefer the looser one. It depends what game you're yeah. playing. If you're playing like a fighting game where you need to do sort of rotating moves, like for doing... Um, and so you want a, quite a loose stick that moves around, and maybe with a, a round gate or a, an octagonal gate, so you can get in those diagonals properly. It all depends on what you're playing with and what you're using the stick for. But a lot of those sticks have gates on the bottom. You can change from four, two, eight-way octagonal sticks, round, all those kind of things. It depends what you're doing with them. But they're, they're, they're good, but make sure you get the one you want for the games you want to play. Yes. You know I also bought a Crown, the, the manufacturer Crown, I think is a Korean make. It was a rubber grommet stick from Arcade Japan, and that was the what I had in my little jammer cab when you came down that time. You thought it was a bit too stiff? Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I liked the rubbery stiffness of it, because it's got like a rubber grommet in there as a spring, but it had a little bit of play, so you can move it very slightly before it actually contacted with the switch. Right. And I don't like that. I like it to be, you know, click. Immediate, immediate, immediate yeah. click, you know? They also, another one is the Wico or Wico leaf sticks. These come in four and eight-way varieties and are a true authentic joystick. Well, you can't really play certain games without them. Dig Dug has a Wico in it, four-way, and right. Robotron has two eight-way Wicos in there. They feel really nice for the game you're playing. I so they're ball tops as well. They are, but there's quite a big ball top and a yeah. leaf switch. Rather than switches that click... It's got leaf switches in there. Right, yeah, yeah. Really like these joysticks. I wouldn't play Dig Dig without one. Really, really good. Now, the HAP Super and Competition joysticks, like the one I got from your machine, that's a mm. competition joystick. They're bat tops. They've got sort of a long, rounded top to them, rather than yeah. the ball. They've got a nice springy feel to them. And I used to have these in my Goliath main machine, which is my first main cab, many, many moons ago. They're eight-way only, but... They work well as four-way. You don't tend to miss the diagonals. And you, you if you're playing a four-way game, say, for like Pac-Man or Dig Dug, for instance, yeah. you tend not to go the opposite way when you hit the diagonal. It will go the way you want to go. 
Whereas yeah. some joysticks, you'll, you'll hit the wrong way and you'll go the wrong way, which is very frustrating. Now, the HAP Universal, I had these in my very, very first cap. They mount in a button-sized hole, just a hole. You don't need four bolt holes to hold it in there. Just one hole, and it's got like a sort of um, a big nut on the bottom of it. Right. But it's got a big square bezel on top of it to hide the hole. And I actually took the bezel part in a lathe and turned it so it was round. Yeah. So it looks neater round and because square just doesn't look right. It needs to be yeah. like a round, almost like a washer, if you know what I mean. Mm. It looked loads better. Really nice stiff spring and can be changed from four to eight with a little lever on the bottom of it. And because they fit in a hole, it's very easy to mount them. Now, analog joysticks are another thing we should talk about. These are in games such as Monkey Ball or Food Fight. Mm-hmm. And you can feel the movement of them because they're analog. So rather than just going to the right and it clicking, and that makes the contact click, that's it, you're going right, you've got an acceleration. So you can move it a little tiny bit or yes, a long yeah. way you know, to get the different mm-hmm. movement. Vectrex have got analog sticks. The BBC mm-hmm. B microcomputer had a lot of analog sticks. The Apple II had analog, analog sticks as well. And I think you got analog sticks. Was it the Atari 5200 analog sticks as well? Mm. They weren't uh, yeah, great for yeah, those yeah, kind they didn't games. centre. Yeah. yeah, they didn't centre either. So it's it, basically it's a potentiometer, two lots of potentiometers to move X mm. and Y, and you can obviously go in between that. So if you've got a game that requires those fine movements, like a racing game, for instance, where you're going you know, steering left and right with a round controller... It's very good for that, but you want to have them for specific games. There's also one called a Monroe Swivel Joystick. Have you ever played with one of those? Oh, Gyrus, yeah. yeah. Yep, Gyrus and Time Pilot, certain games like mm, that. Great. They pivot around a spherical washer. So you're, mm. sort of like, you're sort of gyrating the thing when you move it. And mm. obviously for those games where you're going round and round all the time, it's perfect for that. But basically they're, they're a normal stick with leaves on, but with this mm. round pivot point in the middle. They have a large diameter stubby shaft as well, so they're very thick, if you know what I mean, and they've got mm-hmm. quite a big ball top to them. They're very robust. I don't think you ever break one. But those kind of games, you can play with a regular Wicco or an eight-way microswitch game just fine, but I think it, it, it made quite good for those particular games because it felt like you were sort of rotating it round rather than pushing mm-hmm. it in the direction, which you basically were. Definitely add something to Gyrus, that, definitely. Yeah. And it's quite a sought-after thing. If you've got a cab like that, it's sought-after to have the proper controller in there as well. Mm. They're quite expensive, those. The other one is a Scramble Spike, found on the original Scramble, Stern Scramble, and also some Zack cabs. I think they use on Frogger, on their Frogger. Mm. It's basically uh, quite a thick shaft without a ball on the top. So I find it's got a rounded yeah. top. So it's not sharp. It's a rounded top to it, obviously not to hurt yourself on it. I found when you're playing with that, you got a little bit sweaty, and you, you know you've been eating pizza or whatever, or sweets and drinks. It, it you, your hand slipped off of it. It's a horrible mm. thing. I mean, oh, slippery junk, awful things. Never like spikes, but they're mm. authentic, I suppose. If you're a, a, a purist, you'd have a spike on a scramble machine. I would not. I'd have a wicko on there, which is what I'm sure Stern sent out when people didn't like the spikes. You know the Zachariah one, arcade uh, club. Yes. That had a sort of a loose feel bat, a red bat top stick. Yes. Do you know what that was? It's just a generic generic thing. Yeah, it felt quite good. But I think the switches on the bottom of that joystick, there's a thing called the actuator, which is like the part 
that actually hits the micro switches, actuates the micro switches, yeah. and it's a square piece. And what happened with that machine is it had been worn, and the square part that was attached to the shaft was loose, so it was sort of moving around. And sometimes mm. you couldn't go back, it would go the other way. And what happened, that needs to be glued back on. Mm. So the squares actually hit on the flats of the square to the microswitch rather than on the side, and that's what was going wrong with that stick. It needs to be repaired. That's the only thing that was wrong mm. with that stick. And the last one, the last and probably the best of the bunch, <laughs> is called a vert stick. Have you ever heard of them before? I have, yes. Yes. Yeah. I made these damn things. <laughs> and they're a really over-engineered piece of engineering. It's basically very similar to a Samitsu or a Sanwa, but made out of metal. The only plastic mm. parts on those whole joysticks were the micro-switches. That's the only bit of plastic you find on it. I made them very, very strong for people who break joysticks. And mm. they're very precise. The movements have quite a small throw to them. Quite yeah. a good spring feel. And I even made different gates on the bottom. You could swap a gate over from a four to an eight-way or a round or an octagonal one. Mm. And they're quite sought after. But I no longer make them. How many were, did you make? I think I made about... 25, 30 in total. And I own right. three of them, so there's not many about. Ooh. They're quite nice things. Yeah, I, yes. Do you people, know one of the things... like them, so... One of the one I've thought of is a smaller ball-top stick, and the, it's a moulded stick, so it's a, the whole stick is red with yes. the ball-top. Ah, Electrocoin ones. Are they? I don't know who made them, but they were mainly featured in electrocoin cabinets like Goliaths and Midis and Spectrums and Zenons, that sort of stuff. And mm. they're quite nice joysticks, but the only thing, when they wear out, you can't fix them. They actually right. wear parts and you can't really replace the parts. So you have to get right. the whole new joystick. And the only other one I can think of is that Australian one. Daz Domination told us about them one time. And that's a moulded thing as well. They look quite nice joysticks. Mm. And the other one is a copy of a Samitsu or a Sanwine. It's called a Zippy Stick. I yeah. think Naomi Universal's used them as standard. And they're quite mm. nice. They're quite loose feel sticks. And they've got like an octagonal gate on the bottom, a white octagonal gate on the bottom of them. Mm. But yeah, there's, there's so many different kinds of joysticks. They're the ones, they're the sort of branded ones off the top of my head that I was doing the notes I could think of. So if anyone else knows mm. the joysticks they prefer, tell us about them. Hmm. Thanks, sir, Vic, and I will now forget all that, but I will read it again later and remember it. Well done, sir. <laughs> right, before we go, two last little things to do. Mm. Next show's game. This is a listener pick, and the last listener pick was a toss-up between whatever it was and Dr. Mario. <laughs> so we did that one, now we're going to do Dr. Mario. My wife asked for Dr. Mario. Oof. She's not strictly a listener, but she listens to me by default. Yes. So, Dr. Mario, this is the Versus version, which is actually an arcade game. Standard settings, and the settings, if there are any... Drop rate after 10 pills. Virus level 3. Drop speed slow and speed in game normal. Mm. So, before we, before we leave, kids, I'm going to change. I've changed my fantasy cab list, which is a list both of us have of, of our top 10 games. If we're going to have any machines in the whole universe, and I'm going to take out Gyrus, which I do love, but in, in, because I love it to death. I've still been playing it a lot. Scramble. Well done, sir. 
Mm. Uh, I'll have to look at my fantasy cabinets. I've forgotten what's in there at the moment, but mm. I like a bit of scramble as well. You need to put battle back red in your scrum in your cab no, list. That will never happen. <laughs> what I might do, right, mm. is put another dig dug cabinet in there. Have two of them. Two dig dugs. I can play one one with each hand. Wow, that'd be good. You get you're getting that good. You could do, you know. If you want to see what's on our fantasy cab lists, go on the website and it's on there. Have a look. Yeah, click the about button and yes. it's a, it's a little little bit about us and then the list. Pretty groovy. So, thanks for meeting with me again and talking about arcades and stuff and mm, i'll talk you, to sir. you later and all the listeners in two weeks time thanks for listening and goodbye thanks for listening catch you next time you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk you can also reach us on our facebook page you can tweet me at 10pencearcade and you can tweet sean at sean holly We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 